in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. I'm excited to be here. Another week of quarantine, another week of shows, another week of fun. <laughs> there you go. I like you putting a positive spin on it. Uh, so many, so much going on in the world, so much craziness. But we, we keep coming back every week to give you what you need. Have we dropped the new show yet by the time they're listening to this, Matt Nost? They, it dropped yesterday. The Golden Ticket oh. dropped yesterday. Can we hear that again? I just want to hear it one more time. Go for it. Thank you for being a fan. The golden ticket is your plan. You want a guest. Now you got to win it all. And it's our way of saying a big thank you to the patrons for playing. Boss Hog and Tim Strong fight to the death. I mean, it's my new favorite song, man. Dude, tell me that doesn't. I, I sang along with it. Uh, <laughs> I, I've heard enough times. <laughs> Hopefully, it's our you know uh, our version of a Hamilton song, like the King song, and just worms yeah. its way into people's heads. It certainly is. I, I can't stop playing it, even when you're not on the streamyard. I will play it to myself uh, it's still sometimes good. when I'm waiting because uh, Andy Merriweather just deserves all kind of love for creating that and what inventive lyrics fun lyrics and fits the vibe of the show and so he, a really great job by him to do that and yeah it is make it it's all a beautiful happen. thing yeah uh, and I, matt you deserve a lot of credit too matt i mean you you organized this thing you got it together and you, you know you, you're leading the show uh when we do it so you know it's great stuff you deserve credit for this i wrote those Absolutely. lyrics baby you, you wrote the lyrics yeah, I wrote the lyrics. I didn't know that. I thought Matt wrote the lyrics, or uh, Andy wrote the lyrics. No, he added, he added three words to one line. I think it really helps. Nice. With that one line. Well, good, good stuff, Matt. Good stuff. Yeah. Right, the he lyrics. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. It's a hooky little thing. It tells you what the show is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like his little auto-tune, the top ten presents the golden ticket at yeah. the very end of it. <laughs> soft lead-in right into the show, which is bombastic yeah. and we're in and out in like 25 to you know 30 minutes max. Yeah. And, and we've uh, recorded four of these episodes already, and they have each been uh, barnstormers pretty much uh, and, and really enjoyable watches for sure. And it's a great way for Matt and I to meet or reconnect with some of the fans that we've met before and meet the fans we've never met before online. It's mm-hmm. been great to see their reactions to seeing our faces and then going through this. And they've all been great, great contestants and great people to, to meet uh, in our limited time doing these episodes. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a ton of fun, and there's been so many people that have helped us out with it, and, yeah. and maybe at the end, like, we have a Star Wars-like scroll, and we just list all the names or, or something like that. <laughs> Not because, a bad idea. 
there's 20 some odd people that have helped put a lot of this together behind the scenes. So, you know, blood, sweat and tears went into this. You, you fuckers better like it. I'll tell you that much <laughs> right now, right now. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, uh, I don't think we have to intimidate them. I think they will like it, but yeah, sure. Fine. We nah, nah, I will somehow in COVID, I'll take a train and a boat to everybody's house across this great world of ours. <laughs> beat you into submission. If you don't like the golden ticket. Yikes. That's what I'm willing to do. I appreciate that dedication. And uh, for the thug man, you are, that's for sure. A little Rucker Hauer action. Hobo with a shotgun. Um, the other thing is that uh, for those of you who are who are maybe potential patrons or are on the fence about it, this is the kind of stuff that every year or every couple of years we come up with something new and inventive, and it's spurred on by us wanting to do something else. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think it's this like idea we'd felt the realist kind of run its course, so we were kicking around ideas for something new, and and the way it's the way it come out has been great to see, uh, and has has been exciting and it's been fun. I mean. COVID in a way has kind of been a fantastic thing for the show because we the questions have been fantastic on the topic thunder and really challenging, complex, interesting questions. And then this show has been one of the funnest things uh, I've enjoyed uh, doing with the show as an extension of our brand. It's been mm-hmm. fun. And look forward to many, many more weeks of golden ticket. We mm-hmm. uh, that'll drop every Monday and we'll have another, you know, be recording a bunch. There's, we had so many people sign up that the yeah. first, the opening round is going to take, <laughs> it's going to take a while to get through. There's a lot just to even get through the first round of shows. Yeah. Cause a lot of people that message us, uh, that were, you know, kind of, uh, in the mix yeah. saying like, Oh, does this mean I don't make it? And it's like, everybody's making it. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. This wasn't a, a random draw on top of, uh, you know, all, all this, we're not going to do that to you. Right. So, uh, yeah, sit back, buckle up. There's going to be quite a few of these. <laughs> for sure well <clears throat> that's uh that's for the golden ticket and that's happened it's already dropped as matt said it's on the channel it's on the podcast so you can enjoy it's on the podcast stream right or is it only for patrons on the podcast stream no it's it's for everybody just okay. like the relist was yeah. but they are the only ones to get to participate in it so yeah. uh yeah i we've had six or seven people opt out because they just don't have the time commitment or uh, a couple have said, like, I, I think, I, you know, uh, I'd rather just watch and be like, whatever right. you want to do. Yeah. Thank you for your support. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, uh, it's a ton of people, a wide cross section. And on those first four shows, we dotted the map uh, as to where people, you know, were, were streaming in from. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool to reach out and be like, oh, where are you from? Like, what part of the world? Right. Uh, super Great interesting. Stuff. So, yeah, yeah it is. Absolutely. But uh, this show is the main show. And in this show uh, this week, you know, because there's no movies coming out. So we have to kind of come up with topics on the fly every week. And this week we decided we count down the top 10 90s summer comedies. We Mm -hmm. kicked around the idea of doing 80s and 90s summer comedies. But late last night as we're recording this, Matt texted me and said, well, late for me and my schedule. Matt texted me and said, uh, hey, uh, there are already so many 80s comedies. Let's pick a decade. Uh, and then we agreed on the 90s. And so we're doing mm-hmm. 90s summer comedies. And maybe down the road, some point, we'll do 80s summer comedies. Sure. But we're focusing on 90s. And uh, there was more than I expected, Matt, for sure. But certainly enough to make 10. Yes. Uh, but in the context of 80s versus 90s, 80s for me crushes oh, 90s. yes. It's like 30 on the 80s for me. Yeah. Now. I mean, it's just the only reason to not do 80s and 90s, like there's too many choices. And it's going to be, for me dominated by the 80s so why not split it up so we can give love to more you know movies across the board and we'll do the 80s eventually too yeah Uh, absolutely 
you know, uh, quarantine's not ending anytime soon for us. So That's maybe we'll start sure. doing it on international releases. I don't know. Who knows? Who can Who say? Knows? That's for sure. I was just thinking Tenet. <laughs> uh, You're right. But. Yes. Yeah, we had to come up with something cool. <laughs> 90s comedies. There's a there's a few, huh? but there aren't as many that have warmed them, themselves into 90s summer comedy. They had to be yeah. released for us. We both looked June through August. Yeah, June through August. Um, so uh, there's certain years where just the best comedy came out in November. The best mm-hmm. comedy or the best two comedies came out in February and December. Right. Uh, and usually, so. you, usually summer comedies are lighter fare, kind of turn your brain off, uh, do whatever. But there are some like actually pretty interesting and intelligent comedies that were dropped in the summer as well for people to enjoy that I included on the list, on my list at least, to see, you know, because they actually are legitimately ones that I love and actually enjoy watching and, and have a special mm-hmm. Uh, they did something extra special to be included on the list for sure. And I think I have like eight honorable mentions after that. So I was pretty surprised at how many there were. I know there will be one on your list that won't be on mine. And uh, I need to see it again type of thing okay. now All that right. I'm older. Yeah. But it's part of one very specific gentleman's canon. And I think this is your favorite of his canon. Wow. Or it's in the mix for top okay. of his canon. Okay. All right. Uh, I that's like that my you guess. think you know me. I like that you think you know me. You don't know shit. I'm pretty sure. Me. As you're staring at the list, realizing that I might have, <laughs> that dart might be pretty close to bullseye. Might be, you know, might be pretty I'm changing close. it now because I know you think I chose. No, I'm just joking. Um, but I, I had to make a couple of rough cuts for me that I really, really thought were going to make the cut in the end. But I decided like, well, this, these just I just go back to these more mm-hmm. or there's something about them that I have a special affinity for. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I have to put them on the list. Yeah. So uh, there's some that I yeah. like the the perfect like uh, one that won't make my list. I found it on Comedy Central and then it was on Comedy Central for the next off and on like 18 months. Yeah, and I ended yeah. up growing to like it. It's like there's a lot of charm and whatnot. But the first time I watched it, I was like, meh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it didn't warm, you know, it didn't jump onto the list because I would rather watch any of these 10 before I watch that again. It's nothing against that. Right. Right. There's only so much time. That's right. Well, speaking of which, why don't we jump into it? Are you you ready? Sure. Uh, Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways to create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one a piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, So 10, like a lot of weeks, there's, you could tell me any of, Eight or eight or ten movies, type of thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, I chose Quick Change. The Bill oh Murray. yeah, I had I had a feeling a quick a Bill Murray was going to creep onto your list. Uh I, I know I know you too, man. Yeah, but it's Go interchangeable ahead. with a lot of. If you want to tell me this other one is better, sure. Yeah. If this one is better, sure. Like it, it's a lot of choices. It's like, ah, hey, you know what? I like that one because it's so oddball mm-hmm. and you know it's a bank robbery heist film gone awry. But it's all, by and large, deadpan comedic, except for Quaid being the, you know, uh, the flame next to the powder keg. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I liked it for those reasons. It was a quieter one. It's one I discovered years later. And I was like, oh, I like that. And I check in with it every once and again. And mm-hmm. it came out within that time frame. And considering there's a whole bunch of choose from there, I chose Quick Change at number 10. Yeah. Isn't Gina Davis in that one? Is that she right? is in that one. Yeah, yeah. And oh, the older gentleman. uh mm. What's he been in? Oh, I know what he's been in. I'm trying to see if I can pull the name. I can always okay. do the what's he been in 
shit. All right, fine. I can't. He was in uh, Philadelphia as one of the elderly lawyers. He was the dad in Parenthood. He Jason was Robards. The, Jason Robards. I knew it was. Yeah. I was like Robert Rubber. <laughs> Rubber. I was going to do the swimmy swami, but it's like I know it's R O B or P. Right. Is it Robert Roper? Roper. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, Jason Robards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who else is in it. I'm sure it's got. And like I said, Quaid's in that thing, right? Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy and Quaid. The big ele- and the big elephant, for sure. Um, but I remember watching it. It's a cute film. It's certainly one that doesn't get talked about enough in the Bill Murray uh, lexicon of movies. But it certainly is one that is in no way uh, one that you should ignore. I think it's, no. uh, for me personally, I, it's just as good as What About Bob, which I find to be oh, that's I- irritating talk. in a lot of ways uh, oh. for me. So, what about uh, Bob is a masterpiece. Oh it is God. a masterpiece. What is happening? Yeah. I'm not okay. even kidding, dude. I, sa- I sail. I'm a sailor. Way, way far away from the dock. So, oh, he kills me over and over again. Baby steps. Ba- baby steps to the elevator. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. I'm I cheering see. for Richard Dreyfuss in that movie. That's for sure. Yeah, that, that could be my favorite or one of easily one of my favorite Richard Dreyfusses. I have to go through and look. Mm. That could be my favorite Richard Dreyfuss because it's just so so note perfect. Yeah, he is perfect in that role for sure. Um, all right, what's your number nine, man? Uh, my number nine is surprised it ended up this low. There's something about Mary. Uh, that's my ten. Yeah, me yeah. too. Uh, I think it just doesn't hold up with re- with nope. rewatching, Matt. I-, I tried to watch it again maybe two months ago, and I just kind of sat there with a bemused smile on my face and didn't really laugh that much because yeah. some of that humor now feels a bit. I don't know, out of date or insensitive and not to be judgy of comedy, but like it just doesn't hundred percent work. Yeah. It's shock comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With, um, is that Jim Beavers is the, the brother with a mental disability? Oh, he, he, no, it's uh who is it? It's the other the guy. guy it's, Deadwood. It, yeah. Um, it's uh it's Swearingen's right hand man. Yeah, Al. yeah, yeah. It's Al. No, Al is, uh, Al Swearingen. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, it's his right hand man. Yeah, I forget the guy's name. Oh man, what is that actor's name? It's not Jim Beavers. Um, that John one I can't. Hawk pull. Is the other guy. I'm trying to think of the secondary. Yeah, let me pull it real quick. I can't. Brad I can't pull Dorf, it in my head. Yeah, he's the doctor. Jeffrey Jones. Right, he's the, he's uh, the obviously Oliphant and Ian McShane, right. and oh, there he is, W. Earl Brown. W. Earl Brown. Damn it, please, Dan yeah. Doherty. Please, Dan. Dan, yeah. Uh, his character, I think, is unfortunately for me some of the best parts of it because he yeah. comes in and out so quickly. But there's no way in a million years you could do that now. No, no, no. Uh, plus, like you said, it's shock comedy. Oh, my it dick is. is stuck in my zipper. Shock yeah. comedy. Oh, I've got a hook in my Spoon. mouth. Shock comedy. Yeah, the spoon in the hair. Right. The Matt Dillon big teeth. Yeah, I remember seeing the theater and like people were laughing, and I thought it was amusing. And now watching, it was like I don't understand why that was supposed to get such a huge laugh. Like right. it's the easiest gimmicky horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there is still enough that works. The Brett Favre stuff is funny. Mm-hmm. The charm with uh, him trying to get with her, the song that they keep yeah. singing throughout the whole movie, like all that stuff still works. The old lady with the dog, all of that. Uh, yeah, still is, like that yeah, works. There's a shock. <laughs> their, their chemistry is actually really sweet and sincere. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's why the what, movie works. Exactly. That's why you go back to watch it. Some of the comedy, like I'll still maybe laugh quietly to myself type of thing, but it doesn't yeah. make me gloriously. And I think in a few more years, it might be bumped off the list. Oh. Um, yeah, maybe. I could see that. 
I could I was close to leaving it off the list, but I'm like, no, this one still has enough of a following, enough of a fan base, and I think it still deserves to be in the top ten uh, of a list for this kinds of comedy. So, okay, um, all right. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is basketball. All right, that's all you, man. Go Dude, ahead. I love me some basketball. <laughs> it's the two of them. They're their yeah, version they're great. of dumb humor is still at times very smart. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is just crude, stupid, and not all of it. I'm not a hundred percent of like it's not like every moment is perfect to me, but right. when when it is, the thing fucking sings. The the fight saying dude, and you can actually contextually as an audience member follow along and understand when he like offends him with the dude, he's like, dude, <laughs> killed me. And the the machinations of the game, like they're just drunkenly, they come up with it at a, a stupid party and try and yeah. impress these girls and uh, take down these other guys and how the psych outs are so stupid. They're great during yeah. the actual game once it gets to a league. I, I, I just, you know, Jay McCarthy was well cast. How, yeah. how many times can you say that? Yeah, not a lot. Jenny definitely, definitely did a good job in that film, that's for sure. Uh, um, Costas was in this thing too, a number of people. Oh, yeah. They got a number of people to be a part of this thing. Um, and you what orga- I don't like orgasmo. I found that to be a bit too on the nose, but basketball is fun. It's fun. Uh, I don't consider it top 10 in my mind because for whatever, but like, it's, it's certainly a fun movie oh. and I enjoyed watching it when I went to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've watched it numerous times since I agree that it's way better than orgasmo. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like, <sighs> Team America, I think, is okay. I think it's yeah, good. I think it's okay. I, I get what it's trying to do, yeah. but I think it's okay. Whereas some people just love it. Yeah. Uh, well, some people I, love dogma, and I've sat there going, duh, for two hours. I, I think it's some of the better of his work, okay. but it's still kind of like, meh, I don't really care. Right. Um, Everything you're talking about, I've heard somebody else say. There's nothing new being presented here. I know. I, I love that. After uh, Team America, they swore off they'd never do anything with puppets just because it was such a tremendous pain in the ass to make that movie. And sure. I love that on top of it. It makes, me do, <laughs> it makes me appreciate it just a little bit more. It's like stop motion, how they have to get things very specifically right. Right, right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so basketball, I just think it's it's a lot of fun. And it was you know one of their earlier efforts outside of South Park that was successful. And I enjoyed so thoroughly South Park, and you could see that there was, there were levels to this. It wasn't all just stupid, gross-out humor. Right, right. And they've built that up over time too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's my eight. What do you got? Cool. Uh, my number ten, as we said, is there something about Mary? My number nine is the Cable Guy. That's wow. Okay, I figured Cable Guy would be higher. That was my. No. Is that I don't think it's his. I don't think it's his best of his uh, uh, ones, okay. but I, I do love it, and I, I think because and it, and I liked it when it first came out. And I think it's even more prescient nowadays with what it talks about, how the media and reality TV consuming our life. Lord knows we've got a reality TV president. Like all of that uh, that they're talking about in the movie, the comedy has a whole nother level it's working on. Then I don't even know if Ben Stiller is a genius for having uh, kind of, uh, you know, predicted this in some way. Or mm-hmm. he just kind of like, you know, kind of thought this was a fun way to go with it, never thinking it would actually come to fruition in our country. But I, th- I found it to be very interesting. I like Jim Carrey in the film. It's weird to see Matthew Broderick like playing the put upon guy, you know, when you're I- I'll always have a hard time seeing Matthew in that light because of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's so irreverent in that movie to see him be like the put upon guy is kind of yeah. tough. 
Leslie Mann does a really great job with it. I mean, and Carrie is so strange in this movie. It's full on mm. like nutty Jim Carrey. The stuff at medieval, wherever it is the medieval place they go, medieval the medieval, times. yeah, medieval times that they go to is funny as hell with the Star Trek fighting and the the songs. But like constantly throughout the movie, this is clearly a guy on the spectrum who does not understand how to make a human connection with somebody. So he goes overboard. And some people who are on the spectrum with him love how overboard he is. But other people like who are a little more like kind of like in their thing, like Matthew Broderick, it overwhelms him, you know, and Mm -hmm. so he can't necessarily deal with it. But he's got a sweet uh, motivation. uh, Jim Carrey's character does throughout the movie. He just wants to be friends with this guy. He sees this guy of value to be friends with, even if this guy maybe doesn't want to be friends with him uh, for a majority of the film. So I, I think it's very funny. I think the gags still work. I think the jokes still work. I think the weird situations they put themselves in still works. I mean, the the taking mm-hmm. the putting the, the tit out against the wall is against the window is hilarious. And the way he's playing her against him is like really ruthlessly funny too. So I enjoy the film. Yeah, I think I just need to re-see it, re-watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit. Yeah. It has been a bit. Stiller has directed that thing. I always forget he directed that thing. Um, All right. Then my number eight is Hot Shots. That was a tough cut. I just There are other stupid movies like that that I go back for first. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the – if you want to tell me that's better than Quick Change, sure. I'm not going to fight you. (laughs) It's just – I just like it on my – I like the movie. I think it's funny. Charlie Sheen doing what he did uh, uh, throughout. And uh, I think it's Valeria. Gal- no, no. Who, who is it in the first one? I forget who is in the first one, uh, but it's just so funny the way they're making fun of it. And could, look, some of these parody films don't really work for me a hundred percent. Most, but of when them. they, but when they get it right, I enjoy them, you know? And so I like this uh, a thousand percent for what it does. And John Cryer is hilarious. And that top gun type vibe uh, that he throws into the film as well. And everything it's parodying is brilliant. I think, in this one is the one where like he passes his dad, uh, Martin yeah, Sheen on the so. boat. He's That's like, a great one. Wall Street. It's so great. You too. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> dad got a payday to you know just to do this stupid boat scene. Why not? Why yeah, not? Of course, it's perfect. It's good to see you know my my son is working and right, right. He's yeah. doing fine, and it's you know it's good to see. <laughs> I would say most of those spoof movies eventually they get it got. It became such a formula that they yeah. were. I didn't see any of them like Meet the Spartans and all oh, that yeah, crap. No, no. I think I bad. saw like the first two Scream parodies, right, 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 but I didn't see anything after that. Oh, the scary uh, movie ones, you mean? Yeah, yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked I liked the scary movies. The first, I think the first. I said I saw the first three or four, and then I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm done. I'm done here. You know? Yeah, never been my cup of tea, but Hot Shots is is good. It's. Yeah, it's a very funny film. Yeah, uh, Lloyd. Br- I think Lloyd Bridges in this is too, kind of reprising what he did in Airplane. So uh, very funny to see him be a part of this. All right, what's your number seven, man? It's one where he pulls the hanky between his ears. Yes, and looks like going through his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, what's your number seven, man? My seven is the mask. Oh, that's my six. Sweet. Okay. Perfect timing. It's so cable guy. I need to see you again. The mask I've always enjoyed, but when people hold it up to be one of his best, I'm kind of befuddled by that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, man. I don't disagree with you. Uh, it's is it enjoyable? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a Tex Avery cartoon come to life, yeah. and it's really cool to see. And it pulls off the the animation and CGI still holds up. Last time I saw it, uh, yeah. 
And uh, Cameron Diaz is great. The dude is a villain. Is it Peter something or other? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scalavelli. Oh. Uh, Chip, what is Are you talking name? about the guy from Usual Suspects who plays uh, Red? He's got like or, a tiny part in that. Yeah, yeah. He plays like the uh, Indian Red or something like that. I forget yeah. what the guy's name is. That's it's damn close. It is... Uh, Peter Rygert is from... Yeah, Peter Rygert is Otter from Animal House. He's the uh, cop chasing him down. And then... Peter Green. Peter Green. Okay. All right. I was close with the Peter. <laughs> not bad for a guy whose name I don't really know. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the mask is fun. It's a, it's a tremendous amount of fun. And considering, you know, it was Jim Carrey's where it's like Dumb and Dumber came out in December and Ace yeah. Ventura came out in February and Ace Ventura 2, I think, came out in November. And right. all these years where it's just like, damn it. Another one of my favorites just falls out of. So I gotta put me some Jim Carrey on there somewhere because he just crushed dumb. You know, Dumb and Dumber is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in this span; it doesn't get qualified. So I will put something of Jim Carrey just because the man deserves it in some capacity in my book. Yeah, it's a sweet comedy. I mean, you know, you've got he's Stanley Ipkiss. He's trying to do this thing in his life. He wants to be with the the hot girl, you know, but he doesn't have the the guts to ask her out. And then he's being used by that reporter the um amy yazbeck who i think married john ritter i think that's her uh and uh, you know in in the character that she's playing and so he's a put-upon guy finds this mask and then all of a sudden the it's almost like the nutty professor type situation where he becomes like you know a really hyper uh, uh sexualized cool version of himself that he would always want to be uh, and he can do all kinds of crazy things like, you know, make his body flexible. I think it totally takes advantage of Jim Carrey's ability to do comedy in the spur of the month. That whole thing where he gets the Oscar and people start clapping from. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just brilliant what he's able to do. Um, but at the whole but the whole foundation of the film is this guy just wanting to find his confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's what makes it a sweet film. And uh, that's what really works with a lot of, uh, of Jim Carrey's films is there's this sweet guy trying to figure out his world or figure out his life yeah. and when, when they get them right they're really good and and i think this one definitely qualifies but i agree with you it's not it's not in the top five i don't know it's not in the top three of his best but i think it's certainly one that uh, merits us talking no. about on the show yeah. yeah i i can think of five off the top of my head that i put of his over mm. Mm. So it's an uneven fun. film but when he's on screen it's fun to watch it is but and, the the rest of it with the police uh, yeah, yeah. Keep trying to figure it out. It's like I know he's gonna, but it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The rest of it on the outside doesn't work, but once he turns into the mask and that conflict within him, that's when it's uh, enjoyable. Yeah, I'd say yeah. it's not enjoyable on the other side of it, but right. uh, it's a anyway. young, this is a young, beautiful Cameron Diaz in the film as well. Yes, what, um, was this her first? Yeah, her first film, I think. Yeah, um, so that was your six. That was my my seven. Your seven. What's your six? My six is the full Monty. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Obviously, didn't make your list. Uh, It made my, when we did our, was this, 97, that random year. It made my list that year. It's like, I like the full Monty. I laugh at it. It is enjoyable. It's very much like other British comedies of its Mm -hmm. uh, kind. It's a ton of heart with uh, jokes sprinkled in. And it's just an enjoyable movie uh, overall. And... 
uh, what's not to like about that? We just talked about him like two yeah, weeks ago. So we if I don't want to cover recover any ground, um, <laughs> I did watch another Robert Car- Carlisle for this just because oh. I hadn't seen it in a few years. And I was like, it's, you could call it a comedy, but I think that's a bridge too far for me. Is it the one with Sam Jackson? No. Although what is that? Uh, formula. Yeah. 51 or something 51 like that. Or something, yeah. something like that. Uh, I didn't see it in any of the years. Did it come out in the summer? No, no. That's what I was asking. I didn't know which other Robert Carlyle film you watched for this one. So, well, it's got Ewan McGregor, and it's got oh, you watched Train Johnny Spotting. Lee Miller. Yeah, that's not a comedy though. So, but, right. it's got some jokes. It's got some but jokes. I know, and I also just kind of felt like watching Train Spotting when I saw it making the list, and I was like, oh, respect, yeah. in forever. So I watched that. It's a good film. Uh, it is. It is. Beg B. Beg B. It's also a brutal film. My God, the stuff that with Kevin McKidd is just oh, the kid brutal. and then Damian Lewis, um, doesn't it? Was it? No, it's not Damian no, Lewis. It's um, say, Kevin McKidd. Kevin, okay, right, right. The guy from Rome. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, Rome, topsy turvy. I think he's on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, uh, what they put him through. I what he goes through. Well, he just yeah. he jumps in on smack because his heart is broken, and he's the one that gets picked off. You know, by and then the the cat on top yeah. of that, and just oh. like Jesus, this ended so horribly for him, mm-hmm. and all sadly kind of real. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, full Monty, great stuff. Uh, certainly very funny. I just, I, I just kind of like these other ones a little bit better, or I go back to them more than I do Phil Monty. Full yeah. Monty, yeah, Full Monty is one of the British ones where I'm willing to watch that. That, yeah, uh, commitments. Uh, yeah, commitments like, is great. Yeah. It is great. It's a you know, uh, but anyway. So that's mine. What do you got? Okay. Uh, my number seven is uh, Clueless. Okay. Is that, is that on your list? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I like this movie, and I think it has to be on a top ten list, at least a top ten list of mine. Uh, okay. And I, I, for comedies, it's still uh, one of these classic comedies, one of these things people come back to and enjoy. Uh, I think it's Alicia Silverstone's best work, and she's never done a better job ever since this movie no matter what she claims in all her interviews she's not that good of an actress she's certainly good here they found the right thing for her donald Faison was funny in this stacy dash is actually funny in this uh there's a number of uh actors throughout the movie and the situations paul rudd Brecken Meyer, Paul Rudd, oh, yeah. Brendan Meyer. Apparently, uh, uh, Jeremy Sisto's in this thing. I totally forget that Jeremy Sisto's in this thing as well. Really? A young Jeremy Sisto, yeah. Was uh, he just one of the high school kids? Just- yeah, it's a guy that turns her down or breaks or like uh, says, you know, tries to break uh, up. Yeah, okay. that guy. Uh, leaves her on the side of the road when he, she yeah. won't make out with him and stuff. Basically, um, it's the same role Jeremy Sisto does in Yeah, everything. just about everything until he got on Law & Order, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think it deserves uh, a conversation and, and merits being on the top 10. And certainly, you know, it's, it's a funny, it still works. And a lot of people revere this movie. A lot yeah. of people go back to it. I know. I know. And yeah. I would assume the vast majority, it's just, when it came out, I thought it was fine. Yeah. And then the love for it over the years, it's always been one of those of, okay, you do. And I don't. Right. I don't, right, I don't right. hate it. I, yeah, I just don't care. I'm indifferent towards it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Apathy. Apathy. So yeah. Apathy. Sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, my number six was the mask. So I think this is our, our break time, Matt. What do we got to tell them? Uh, nothing. Just uh, <laughs> hang out for a second. If you're going to watch us, you're going to stare at us for, you know, just a minute. And we're going to hear this quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. There it is. There we go. Easy right. peasy, Japanesey. <laughs> um, that's probably right. something I shouldn't be saying. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Don't even know. I think I got that from Shawshank. Did he say, say that? I think sure. so. 
And he talked about heroin too. All right, let's move on to our next thing. What's your, what's your number five? That's Thursday's show, my friend. Buckle up. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of talk. Oh yeah. Uh, What's your number five, man? Uh, My five is one that is not going to be on your list for sure. Okay. My uh, men at work. Oh my God. The Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez one. Gene Man. David, Gene Cameron. I love this movie. That's I flat out you. love this movie. I stumbled <laughs> across, across it on cable. And first off, I like the brothers. Yeah. Even if I didn't particularly like the movies they put out, I always, there's always a charm there. I've always enjoyed both those guys. So it's like, oh, they're teaming up. That's interesting. Who doesn't love Keith David? And the hook, right. line, and sinker was, was Dean. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Summer School was one of the first comedies that I saw in the theater, like when I was a young kid, when it came out yeah. like 86, that I just loved. I was like, that summer, loved. summer School is awesome. Yep. So just to have those four guys, I stumbled upon it, and I have seen that thing so many times. I flat yeah. out love it. They're stupid. They're garbage men, and they stumble across a dead body, and they're just trying to figure out what to do with this. Uh, they don't stumble across, but, you know, a dead body pops up into the world and they've got to f- figure out what to do with this dead body. And it's a, a politician of this girl that Charlie Sheen is longing for. And like, that's the relationship on that side, but it's, it's not a healthy relationship at, no. by appearance. And what, the, what ensues over the course of a night, just them yeah. dealing with uh, Dean Cameron is a pizza delivery driver. Uh, I can't remember what Keith David's job is. Was he a trash he's, man? He's not one of the trash guys. I thought he was one of the trash guys. No, I don't think so. Damn it. Okay. That's going to kill me. I got to look that up. Uh, But yeah, I just, no one's going to have it on their list. And I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and it is not well regarded in the slightest, in the slightest. No, no, it's not one people uh, revere at all. I think it's one of those 30% uh, critics and 40% fan. I'm like, wow, I'm part of the 40% like distinct (laughs) minority. I don't care though. I think it's fantastic. All right. All right. Uh, that ended up being the question that helped Dan Murrow win the singles belt over Ben Bateman, but Ben didn't know the two actors in that movie, uh, uh, with Charlie Sheen and, and Emilio Estevez, which was kind of surprising. Which, which two actors led a men at work, a movie yeah. about garbage men to find a dead body? Yeah. And he didn't know the two actors, which really surprised me. So, uh, that's an easy one, yeah, I feel like it was, yeah, this was one of those one pointers because they went to sudden death about it. So I thought for sure he'd get it. Uh, but in the end, he did not. So uh, that's a tough, tough loss there uh, for him. Anyway, um, all right. So that's your number five. That is my five. Okay. So then my five is uh, Bowfinger. Oh, shit. Yeah. I must have missed that. I don't even have it on my side list. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bowfinger makes my list for sure. So go for okay. it. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. This is one of those, once again, like we were, like I was saying earlier, there's some intelligent comedies that came out during the summer movies, uh, summer months rather. And this is certainly one of them. I mean, him and Steve, and this, and this is Eddie when he's kind of like, not sure where Eddie's going to do next. He'd had mm-hmm. some uh, terrible films like vampire in Brooklyn and a couple other ones that really didn't do that. Well, the extinguished gentleman and stuff. And you're like, wow, Eddie's not really making a strong transition here. Is he going to get lost? Uh, and then Bowfinger comes out and uh, I was a hundred percent loving this movie. It's a great satire not a spoof. It's a great satire of what it's like to be a filmmaker in Hollywood. 
uh, and, and then, of course, Eddie Murphy playing two roles here and not doing the nutty professor thing or not doing the um, yeah, that basically not putting on a, a fat suit like Norbit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's just doing two different characters. One is kind of a hyper uh, realized version of himself as a paranoid yeah. superstar. And the other one is this like kind of nerdy guy who looks like the Eddie Murphy uh, superstar. So there, so Steve Martin is trying to use him in his movie after he couldn't convince the uh, superstar Eddie Murphy to be in his movie. But then you see, I mean, some of the great moments, Matt. I mean, when Eddie Murphy is like counting how many K's there are in his script to prove the racism in Hollywood. I mean, that kind of shit is nutty, but also kind of now when you look at it a little bit like, well, maybe he wasn't as crazy as we thought, which I think is brilliant yeah. too. Um, that's right. So I made that uh, number six on my list. Okay. All right. Fair. So I made my, so a quick change got bumped off. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it came out to no fanfare. And Absolutely not. Yeah. The trailer looks so bad. I didn't see it in the theater. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm, you know, just as much as you diehard Eddie Murphy, but he yep. had had a string of just such, and this was another return to that. And I rented it after it came out and I was like, this is this good. And then I yep. saw it again and I was like, this is actually really good. And then before <laughs> you watch it, you see all the various little subtle jokes. And even now, like him going off the deep end, being the paranoid celebrity, we've seen yeah. celebrities go off the deep end and become ultra paranoid. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, look at for the high water marks like Britney Spears or what Martin Lawrence when he was running down the 405 between traffic. In his like, underwear. Yeah. yeah, in his underwear. Just. It it can happen. There's yeah. all the eyes on you or whatever else. And you think there's some big conspiracy like Terrence Howard thinking that people are trying to stop him from releasing the new math that he's created. <laughs> like, I don't even understand the logic of what you're saying. And the book of the <laughs> mathematical, you know, one plus one equals three. And he's going to prove it. Good mm-hmm. fucking luck. Good luck. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah the, the paranoid, the being just. You're in your own little echo chamber, such a tight knit, and you could yeah. lose your grip on just normal. Yeah. Is my assumption from the outside looking in. But yeah, it's like I think so saw, the last dance with Jordan. He was so isolated by the last three Pete. Yeah. Um, that's a weird existence. You can hang out in your hotel room, but otherwise, if you go outside, you're going to be surrounded by 100 people on all sides. Yeah, it's strange, right? Yeah. What, strange. How did that not drive someone crazy? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and all of it throughout and Heather Graham is good in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. She was kind of like getting a little bit lost too. what, what were we going to put her in? Uh, she was really funny in the movie. I mean, that scene where he picks up a film that picks up the Mexican guys uh, to work on his film. Mm-hmm. Normally that would be a racist and I have an issue with it, but the way he's using it as satire and they become actual filmmakers. I think that was fantastic and brilliant. Uh, to use that in the film as well. So throughout, I just think, and Steve Martin, I don't usually like Steve Martin's written films. I don't like his films. Usually they try to be too highbrow comedy. Yeah. This was a little more and, and don't get it. And this is a little more kind of like, this is something he knows and he, he knows how to satire it so very well. Cause God knows who he bases the Eddie Murphy character on. God knows who he based some of those characters on that he's yeah. experienced in his well, numerous years in the business. It becomes a spinal tap type of thing where, yeah. Right. Plucking the great stories you've heard over the previous two decades of being in Hollywood, and now you're putting them all into one kind of thing. Exactly. It all. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a good Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Right. All right. What's your number four, man? Uh, my number four is Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. The second yep. one. Wow. 
Okay. Oh, is that the second one? In the, yeah, the first second one. one. I just saw Austin Powers on the list. All right. Well, Austin Powers, Bioshag. Eh. Yeah. It definitely doesn't make my four. I apologize. No worries. So is Quick Change back on now? Are you moving everything back up, or are you going to take it out with something else? I don't know. I'll, let me think about it, and we'll sure. move on to your next one. Okay. My four is Kingpin. Okay, that's a that's a punt. Okay, it's a punt. All right, what's your three then for now? Uh, my three, my three is locked in, obviously. Okay. But is uh, my blue heaven? <laughs> it's another one I love. <laughs> oh my god! All right, go ahead, man. It comes <laughs> if it's on right now. I'm watching. It's so over. <laughs> Stop the show and go watch it. Yeah, it's, I, I it <laughs> always had a top spot in my heart. Steve Martin and Rick Moranis, Joan Cusack. Those are the three primaries, and I love that it's. So Steve Martin is playing Henry Hill from Goodfellas. This is yeah. the second half, technically, of the Henry Hill story. Yeah. And the two writers, I think, either knew each other or are dating or married, something like that. But they were writing it simultaneously, two completely different scripts about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the flip side, a ridiculous flip side of a movie that I absolutely love. But yeah. I didn't know that the first 20 times that I saw it. Right, uh, and I've seen it a lot of times. I just the idea of Steve Martin as a gangster and doing this ridiculous New York accent, like arugula, and he's just trying to do this swagger charm, and it works for me. It really does. All right. Uh, yeah, Rick Moranis basically playing a straight man. One of his last uh, roles, I think, a little before he finally just kind of retired for a bit. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Right, because it's I'm trying to think that. what else came after this before he, um, you know, recused himself from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't like. You know, I, I get why people enjoy. I just think Steve's being like ridiculous with like, and I, I know it's the Goodfellas connection and all of that. And who is it? Uh, Joan Cusack who plays his yes. who, who plays his is that Moranis's wife or his wife? No. It's Moranis's. She's like the assistant DA. Moranis okay. is an FBI agent. And okay. they meet, and he's you know tries. In essence, he's he wants to date her. He wants to like go on a date with her and see her right. romantically. And she's divorced, and she's got the two kids, and what? And she's trying to juggle all that plus the assistant. I think she's an assistant DA. Yeah, and she doesn't want to let him in, and she's guarded about it. Uh, but they have like a nice chemistry. Now, Steve Martin meets a woman uh, in the frozen food section at the grocery store. It's like, you shouldn't be here because you can melt all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so terrible. And I, I just flat out love it. I think it's Uh, great. All right. All right. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go against you on this one. Uh, I I get that a lot of people do love it. People do. Mad and minute work. were going to be my two standouts, but I was like, I'll watch those right now. (laughs) Right now. It's our list, so it's our personal list, rather, so I, I totally get it. Um, all right, so the my number three is uh, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Um, wow, Wikipedia fucked me over. I didn't see that either. Really? Okay. Yeah, I went through year by year every month. Yeah. I just scrolled through. And it, so I want to make sure I'm correct, too, man. I don't want to take something and if it's not uh, the right thing, but... Yeah, it came out in June of 1999, June 30th. All right, well, that makes my list. (laughs) Does that take the number four spot? Is that the number four spot? I'll put that at four. I got no problem with that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorites, dude. I still, still will, like, go on YouTube and watch some scenes from the movie 
Every, I mean, the devil voice, Satan's voice is just brilliant. The whole thing. Come on, Satan. Guy. Yeah. Saddam doing all that. Come on, Satan. Oh, Saddam, I don't like the way you're treating me. Yeah. I mean, all the, the interaction between them is the fucking foundation of the movie that makes me laugh every single time. The songs are brilliant. And you could tell they could they, that uh, the Book of Mormon was certainly coming from yeah, what they were happened. able to do from this show or this movie, rather, right? And yeah. uh, Panda, yeah. it got nominated for an Oscar, for yeah. God's sakes. Yeah. I still remember Robin Williams doing that performance at the Oscars. That's how memorable it was. The French resistance fighter who uh, yeah. apparently had a failed abortion with him. They just slipped that in for no reason. No, no reason. God, she is a bitch. Operation uh, Black Shield. <laughs> yeah, right. Where they're tying black soldiers yeah, to the like, tanks. Which is, of course, just, their shot at the racism of Hollywood is brilliant. Yeah, uh, the they're they're strapped to tanks and you know a fighter pilot fighter jets yeah fighter jets <laughs> it just doesn't oh. chef chef's like say what now <laughs> yeah exactly wait a second what is this all right fall back <laughs> just brilliant shit man. it is oh uh, just remove from beginning to end and the, the Winona Ryder stuff I know was controversial at the time but I thought I think it still is funny as hell and the Les Miserables influences of it all with like you just said the resistance piece is basically a four part harmony working in there um, but also they keep the, the relationship between the four guys and then the parents getting involved in it and all of it and even making a comment about the violence uh, versus the sexuality that they had to they, that the violence they were okay leaving it at PG or whatever but if they included any kind of cussing that's what made it turn R. And so they kind of satirically poked fun at the MPAA for being like, oh, well, we can have all kinds of violence and blood, whatever, but we just can't say fuck. And this is like, oh, my God. It, wow. Just smart. It's, just, it's basically mirroring the same uproar over Beavis and Butthead back in the day. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, this is ridiculous. These two dipshits. Right? And it's Terrence and Philip is right. the movie that they all want to yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> they fart in each other's faces. And that's the entire hook. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, something as simple as that, if it works, it works to that degree. Uh, just a stupid guttural. <laughs> hey, Terrence. And then he just farts in his face for, I mean, apropos of nothing. And that's the <laughs> only joke they have over and over. And uh, you can distinctly tell a Canadian like to be bigoted yeah. towards Canadians because their heads move differently and they talk differently. Come on, guy. Come, Come on, on, guy. guy. Hey. It's just a weird. Kind of finish. Kind of finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the chop. Just the weird, they were like nutcrackers, but the full top of the head would separate when they would talk. And what's his name? Stan didn't like it because his adopted oh. brother was a Canadian. Yeah, yeah, and start right, playing, exactly. you know, that's a running joke. Oh, man. It's yeah, that so movie's good. good. Still good. good. It still works. And like I said, I still go back and watch those scenes from the movie just yeah. to crack my shit up, man. It's great stuff. I mean, South Park ran its course, but those first few seasons are fucking gold. Just gold man the redskins episode too they did re the uh, the last few years that's one of the best the steve the steven spielberg and george lucas one where they rape indiana jones throughout the episode mm. brilliant brilliant yeah. brilliant apparently spielberg was super pissed about it too so that's you if you get steven pissed at you you've Look, done something really good kanye's still talking about fish sticks oh that's right fish sticks. legitimately still talking about it i think he brought it up last week the dumb joke, and oh, yet it has this. Yeah, with Carlos Mencia, it was a weird episode. That one, yeah, it you was. Know, I, I think I, I think I might bump South Park up to my number one. <laughs> wow, Jesus, what a jump! Well, I think what? for just now, for, well, I put it in a four, 
just to take out Austin Powers and make my list easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe All I right. skipped over 99 because there was that uh, plus Bowfinger were both 99. Maybe I screwed uh, up 99 that year or didn't maybe. say August. I don't know. All right. Um, all right. So then what's your number two, man? Well, yeah, my former two number three is oh. American Pie. Okay. Not on your list? No, nah, man. Uh, it doesn't hold just, up for me, man. Go ahead. Okay. I, at the time, I loved it in the theater. Yeah, me too. And I believe I saw a second time in the theater. Um, it had been a while where a comedy was just that joke for joke, for me at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we still have Jason Biggs to this day. That's really about uh, what? What's her name? Came back with Rutch and Doll. Uh, oh yeah, Natasha Leone. Right, yeah, right. And that other guy worked for years on Scorpion, that CBS series. Uh, oh really? Yeah, the dude that seduces Stifler's mom. He worked for years yeah. on that series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris Klein had a good run. He did a little bit. Yeah. yeah Sean Williams. Sean Williams Scott's still around every once in a while. Every once in a while. That's a yeah. weird one that I thought he would be around for mm. a long time. Because mm. he just had a general likability. He did. Um, Terror reads off the deep end. Yeah. Jason Biggs, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, uh, what's her name that gets topless? Oh, Shannon Alexander. There you go. Yeah. Nice pull. Um, yeah. Haven't then- seen her forever. No, she hasn't done much uh, either. And Thomas Ian Nicholas, who uh, competed for a year in the Schmodown as well. Thomas, he was really nice guy. Um, he's what rookie of the year. The film he's in, I think. Uh, he's oh, got okay. that right, that uh, crazy arm of his. But yeah, that he's in this is of course Tara Reed's guy. And so yeah, I mean the film is very sweet, man. And I really struggled. I was like, I, I just don't put it on anymore. I actually like American Wedding better than American Pie now, and that's maybe because I just got older. I just got older, and so when I go back and watch it, it's a sweet film, and I would never begrudge anybody putting this on their top ten or top three or whatever. It's just for me, for whatever reason, when I go back and watch it now, it feels just kind of dated a little bit and easy with the jokes. But there's such a sweetness to it, though, Matt. Like, Eugene Levy is such a great dad. He's such a great dad in that movie, man. I I think it rates so highly because out of nowhere, it was a huge movie. Yes, true. Very true. And it was one that Across the spectrum, I knew all different age groups and whatever uh, that saw it. And that is super rare for a teen comedy to kind of transcend in that level. And uh, it's always kind of just held that place. Maybe maybe it doesn't hold up. I haven't seen it in a few years. But Uh when I think back on it, I think back on it as fondly. And I like still a bunch of the jokes in my head when I conjure them. So that that makes me laugh. Uh, The stuff between what you brought up before, Eugene Levy and Jason Biggs. So I could take another 20 minutes of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think they use it kind of perfectly just to sprinkle him in because um, it's not about, you know, him specifically or their right. relationship. Yeah. Well, that's why the second one kind of sucked when they went to the beach house. I didn't like that one at all. But the third one, when they come back for the wedding of Allison Hannigan and, oh, that's another Allison. She yeah. went off on and did uh, I Met Your Mother. So, yeah. So her and him, when they come, what huh, was that? And Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Buffy as well. I never watched um, that, but. Yeah, but they, they bless you. When they got married, like the whole the third one where they're getting married, it's incredibly sweet, and I love it. And I think it's good. And you get more of Eugene Levy, more of the mom as well, and um, the situations they find themselves in. But it, it it works for me a little bit better than that American Pie one does. Uh, but overall, still, it's a damn good series. Or da- you yeah. know, you know, if you want to ever kind of discover. It. And I think it's got bones in the John Hughes '80s 
films as well. Like it's kind of it's it can be an absolute cousin yeah. uh, to the John Hughes. And stuff. I think they could bring it back with like whatever American Divorce or something. <laughs> and all, maybe him and Hannigan are having an amicable divorce. Like it's certainly possible. Don't put it out of the realm of possibility, man. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's written something like that. Or we show up in their divorce and it's them rekindling their love, and you yeah. get to watch them fall back in. Then yeah. all the stupid Stifler still lives at home. And yeah. you just build around. Stifler's mom has like a whole side business is, you know, doing her thing Yeah, uh, on uh, OnlyFans.com or something. Um, all right. So what's your number two? Is there a number two now or that, no? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, my number two is a punt from earlier. Okay. So on your number two? What? Oh, no, we your number two. Never mind. Doesn't right, matter. right, right. Uh, which is Kingpin. Okay. I, I thought it was good the first time I saw it. Dude. Yeah. Same. And then from there, uh, the more I see it, I'm like, man, this movie is is so good. It just took so, time yeah. to kind of sink in a little bit. It had bit. to marinate, man. It had to marinate. It's one of those comedies that has to marinate. And you don't usually say that about a Farrelly Brothers film, but this one, absolutely. Yeah. Coming out of it, out of the theater, I was like, wow, I loved Bill Murray. And then I thought Woody Harrelson was good and Randy Quaid was good. And what's her name? It was mainly a TV actress as far as I can remember. was good. Oh, yeah. Vanessa Angel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then going back and rewatching, be like, wow, you really appreciate all the other performances and how they build. And then the, you know, little unit that they make, the Motley crew yeah. that goes on this. It's a, it's a road picture ultimately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, Watch it again. I appreciate it even more. And I laugh just as hard at all the jokes that I was already laughing at. Yeah. And then go back and watch again. It just keeps building over and over. If we had done this like 10 years ago or something, maybe it's nine on my list or eight right. on my list right. type of thing. Who knows? Uh, and I just think with repeated viewings, a la yeah. a few others in this, it will hold up and still hold up. So, yeah, Kingpin is my number two now. I think Kingpin is the greatest Adam Sandler movie ever made that he's not in. It has all the bones of an Adam Sandler movie, like the ridiculous situations they find themselves in, the the creepy landlady who's constantly doing the ah, in the mirror, um, the the wooden hand of of Woody, uh, which has shades of the Billy Madison stuff, the weird Amish guy they pick up, like all of the bones of an Adam Sandler film are in this movie. Yet this film is way better than any Adam Sandler film, in my opinion that you're ever going to see uh, and I, I of those type of comedies, right? I don't mean wedding singer or big daddy, which are more serious comedies. Uh, this one is more just outlandish and weird, like Billy Madison or, or uh, happy Gilmore, that kind of vibe to them. And so that's what I like about the movie. It's surprisingly, yeah. uh, you know, deeper than you anticipate. And there's not a happy ending that you thought was coming, which I thought was brilliant. It absolutely zigs when you think it's going to zag in that ending. And you're like, holy shit, I watched this whole movie thinking, expecting. yeah, expecting. And it wasn't. And yet it still works. You don't leave the theater feeling dissatisfied. Well, I think what differentiates it from the Sandler movies that would be close to this is Sandler. When he goes for the darker gross out jokes, they're almost non sequiturs. Yeah. Right. They have no uh, yeah. the flow of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's just like, I can have the character do something zany here. Yeah. And then we can move right along and it doesn't really matter. Whereas within Kingpin, like when he drinks what he thinks is milk, it's because he's a fish out of water and he's trying to pass himself off and he's bullshitting and he has what he didn't even finish high school. He left right. to go be a professional bowler and it's yeah. a guy who's been a, a drunk for the past twenty years. Like, so that to me is 
it's not believable, but at least it's closer to the mark of absurd, gross out humor. Or yes. when she talks about his landlord, like, oh, I got to go, you know, use the bathroom. You really knock something loose. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, but that's in the context of the story. It's moving it. It's painting the depressing nature <laughs> of the life created for himself. And it works. Yeah, it totally uh, works. <laughs> Randy Quaid goes to get that cold bottle of beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the yeah, nips, those silver dollar like nips. But he does it not yes for that uh, joke. He does it because he is so nice and such a gentleman that he's yeah. like, no, you sit. I'm much closer. I'll happily go get it. And just with a smile on his face, goes over and gets it and comes around because that is the nature of that character. Yeah, absolutely. man. So you're building in within a more real fabric as opposed to a lot of Sandler's jokes, like going back and watching Billy Madison or. Happy Gilmore, especially. It's like, it's a lot of absurdist for the sake of absurdist at times. Yeah. And that's, that's what turns me off, dude. Like, when it's absurdist for the, the, just for the sake of being absurdist, I, I don't really, I don't get it because anybody can do that. I can go to an improv stage and see that. It's not a big deal. If you make it flow with the, the organic nature of a movie, then I'm like, that's a skill. Yeah. That's a real skill. And that's so, storytelling. Yeah. That's storytelling. And it works in this because uh, everything should be ridiculous, but it feels, like when he's stripping and stuff, you're just like, okay, man. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in with this nuttiness. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, over and over and over again. Find out that his name is now a verb to indicate screwing <laughs> yourself and lampooning yourself. Like, don't, you know, you don't want to Munson. I've never heard that. Oh, that's a really common phrase. <laughs> People use it so brutal. I just texted a friend of mine. I asked him a question because. Uh, it's just dealing with some bullshit and it's yeah. fine. It's not serious. It's just a lot. It's a big headache right? and it's a headache that will eventually go away. But I was like, Hey, how's that thing going? He's like, dude, it's the worst. And I was like, Oh, you just living the life, you know, uh, fucking a gravy train with biscuit wheels over at your house. Huh? <laughs> I've used that since I saw the movie the first time. It's one of the Bill Murray lines that I've uh, watched. <laughs> right before he gets Munson. That's awesome, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. King Pay just over the years, it just built and built and built. I think it's a gem. Yeah, absolutely agree with you, bud. Absolutely. Um, all right, so we move on. What my number two is that right, or my number three? Yes. Yeah, my number two. Uh, and look, he's probably not on your list, but it's City Slickers. That's my number two. Uh, yeah, it was a tough cut. Okay, all right. Um, I totally respect about- it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm Matt. I'm old, and so these things like watching. I actually watched an hour of City Slickers. I think last Saturday, I was just doing some studying for the trivia uh, match I've got coming up, and I was just like. So just like kind of doing some stuff and then i put it on because i was like oh it's just something i can like just forget about when have it on and i found myself sucked back into the movie and i really appreciate the message of the movie this that these three guys are going to try to kind of like do something because all three of them are lost in different ways in their lives in their world and the comedy that they encounter is actually really funny and the things they go through and then there's that danger element yeah. throughout with jack palance and then those Oh, uh, uh, weird two cowboys two cow that hands. take over. What was that? The two cow hands. Yeah, the two cow hands. All of that is still, but but the whole time, you know, Billy's trying to make the jokes and be funny about it. But there's a sweetness throughout the whole movie as well, like when he delivers the calf and all this kind of stuff about finding your smile. All of it is there. So for me, it just has a special place in my heart. And it's uh, one of the last times you get to enjoy Billy before Billy becomes cheesy Billy. Uh, and uh, it's and basically, in my opinion, ruins yeah. the rest of his career as an actor. Um, and so it's it was fun to go back and see that. And 
Daniel Stern is really good in this. Uh, you get a uh, Helen Slater. You get Bruno, the late great Bruno Kirby, uh, yeah. as well. Um, so so much of it so works for. Is there a, a Josh Mostel, David Paymer? You get a great combo of actors throughout um, that I enjoy. Yeah, I I think the reason it did make my list is to me it's a lighthearted dramedy. Mm. I can uh, totally understand that. I can totally so, understand. I, yeah, I looked at it and I was like, is it a straight comedy? Because I get sucked in. I love it. When he brings the cow home at the end. Oh, yeah. It works. Yeah, totally to works. Sitting and just like, hello. And just all the, <laughs> it puts a smile on my face. It doesn't make me laugh. That's what that movie does. It makes oh, yeah. me happy. Okay. And it puts a smile on my face. But uh, yeah, no, it's fully deserving. It's one of, you know, if it qualifies as a comedy, which it obviously does. Yeah. By, I'm sure it's listed comedy first. It is. What yeah. yeah. I just always thought of it as like, a, it's a good lighthearted dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a great moment, like, you know, um, well, no, I'm sorry. I tweeted about this after I watched it. I tweeted, I said, like, Billy Crystal is a, is a Yankees fan. And in the movie, when they ask him what his greatest day is, he said is, is uh, walking into Yankee Stadium with my dad and watching Mickey Mantle hit one out. And I was like, why is he wearing a Mets hat if he's talking about the Yankees? So I tweeted this, and apparently some uh, someone tweeted me this, and I looked it up. Apparently he uh, agreed to wear a Mets hat through the movie because uh, a Mets fan donated such an incredible amount of money towards comic relief that that was the thank you that Billy uh, okay. did for him. And it's an iconic hat to wear for his character in this movie. You know, it's prominently featured throughout the whole movie, yeah. and it works. And- Devoted Yankees fan. Right. And also, um, I don't think it would have worked if he wore a Yankees hat. I think, you know, Yankees, people naturally think, um, you know, uh, the evil empire and got all this money and they're always, but the Mets are underdogs and him throughout the movie is an underdog trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life a little bit lost. And so it works uh, on that level as well. So, um, okay. So what's your, so your number one is what it is. It was South Park. And then what's your number one? The Nutty Professor. Yeah, I've never. Wow, what? Really? I like parts of it, and then the rest I could just leave. It, I don't wow. dislike those parts. I just fast okay. forward mentally to the next part that I like. And for yeah. that reason, I don't do that with any of the others. I will still sit through the story in between, whereas yeah. the heart that they're trying to build, it works for me and it doesn't. Okay. All right. Well, as Matt said earlier in the show, uh, I'm a crazy Eddie Murphy fan. And as Matt is too, Matt's a big Eddie yeah. Murphy fan too. This one just for so many reasons works for me. I mean, the, the, first, first of all, I love the original, the Jerry Lewis one. I love that film yeah. as well. Um, but so the update, I would really have my hand, my arms folded, like, Oh, what are you going to do? Even though I know Eddie's very funny. What are you going to do to compare what Jerry Lewis did? And he does do an incredible job with this film. And, Creating all those so much so that people, when he created those characters, Matt, yeah. people were saying that he should have been nominated for a best actor award. Right? The round table yeah. around Ooh. the dinner table is the best, my favorite parts. That's what I love, look for. I still to this day do Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> I still do that from that movie, but right. he is pulling off all these separate performances. Yeah. As hyperbolic as each character may need to be, but they have to because they need to be a pop of color. They're only used ever, you know, just in these very specific places. Right. That to me was stellar. Yeah. Stellar. So when you see something like Norbert, uh, Norbert coming out, you're like, maybe you could do this because we've seen him now between uh, this movie and coming to America. He can do multiple characters. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then you're like, oof, he went a little too far in Norbit. <laughs> a little too far. Oh. But, you know, but I still think – but there are funny moments in Norbit. He just went a little too far. But with this one, I mean, I think it's – once again, an, an idea, this sweet story. The, the You know, I'm a guy who struggled with my weight my entire life. I yeah. still think I'm the fattest uh, kid in the, in, the, in the room whenever I'm in any room. It's something I've always dealt with. So the connection to him – in his journey through the movie uh, has a special place for me, has special uh, it works for me in a special way. And when he's like those, when he's having that nightmare of eating all that ice cream and he's too big for that, like I've had those feelings. And so I've had those moments. And so for me, it works like that and connected with him. And then you have that thing. Oh, well, if I lose all this weight, look at, look at what could happen to my life. But then you're like, he goes so far the other way that he doesn't understand that it's actually even more detrimental to be able to do that or to do that to yourself. And so all of that are just great kind of underlying lessons happening throughout the movie. Oh, and also there are some very funny sequences, very funny. The stuff with Chappelle is genius. Um, like you said, the stuff around the dinner table is just, I mean, when the, when he's the grandma going, come on, Cletus, come on, come on, oh, yeah. Cletus. Just, I lose it every single time. Uh, but then also the sweet part, like when he's walking after, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith after he's been embarrassed by Chappelle when he's heavier Sherman um, and he starts to walk out into the rain after she's kind of said goodnight and you know they both understand that it's been an embarrassing evening for him instead of holding the paper over his head I loved this moment from behind he takes the paper down because what does it matter if it rains on him because that's yeah. how little he thinks of himself and it's those little moments that make it a brilliant comedy or intelligent comedy and, and they get it and all the way to the end. Plus I love Larry Miller. Larry Miller is like a great asshole in any movie he's in. He's Maybe so I need to watch it again. Okay. Right. You know, I, I'm not against it. I just, yeah. I remember I've seen it a handful of times and yeah. the love stories is, is nice, mm -hmm. but it doesn't suck me in fully. But you're right. That scene where he's just finally given up. He's so, yeah. Of course, it's going to rain on me. We, we've all been there where you're like, oh, you know yeah. what? This is the shittiest day. Did I tell you this? So I, I was having, I've only had one really bad day during COVID. Okay. It just been cooped up at home, even if yeah. I'm doing stuff around the house. I just, I'm so sick and tired of it. Oh, yeah. And I had a long day and I, I had to run a couple errands and they were super frustrating. And I got back and I got to the top and my dog, freaks out when Catherine goes like freaks out. She can be gone for 10 minutes. She can be gone for eight hours. She freaked out like wow. her tail. She's just shaking so oh much. And, and I was gone for like four hours and I came home right. and she just lifted her head and her tail just went up. And that's about, oh. it's, it's what I get about 50% of the time. Like, Oh, you're home. Right. And, and I was like, you know what? Cause she was saved from a Chinese meat market in my head. I was just like, you would have been someone's poop by now. <laughs> and you can't fucking get, you can't give me an ounce. Like it was just so, <laughs> Of course, it's the rain cloud. And I was like, of course, you little shit. <laughs> and she just laid her head back down. I was like, it's one of those days. Fuck it. I hate it. I got in my car that night and drove around for like three hours. I was just like, I need really? to, wow. to get out of the house. Yeah, I drove all over uh, Pasadena and Burbank, like up through the hills and just mm -hmm. drove around houses and then went east over, you know, north of the 210 and just was driving through those hills and just clearing your head. Yeah, just I need to yeah. see something new. I need a new stimulus. I need something. Yep. It was like two months in. It was like I can't fucking stare at my walls for another day in a row. I totally get it, man. I, yeah. When we first start, when the this whole quarantine first started, dude, I went out in my car an hour almost every day except on the weekends because Lindley and I would just hang out. But I would go out because she was still working. 
So I just go out and just drive around, man, just to fucking make break the monotony up a little bit, you know. And but I still have the I still had those days like you're talking about, like those that occasional day where you're just like everything fucking sucks, you know. I just want to be alone or whatever and kind of yeah, do my own thing. Something new. It has yeah. been the mundanity of the same. And look, and we have it good. We're not yeah. sick. Oh no, absolutely. Everything else is yeah. fine. It's just the mental aspect of it. That day caught it. Thankfully, it hasn't since. It's only been. You know, fingers crossed one day thus far. Right, 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 right. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, try and yeah. stay occupied and do other shit. I get uh, it. Totally get it, man. Oh, yeah. Maybe I need to see you, Nutty Professor, again. If you feel like it. If you feel like it. Perhaps uh, I will. All right. Well, there's our uh, there's our separate uh, top 10 90s summer comedies list. And, uh, of course, as we do on the top 10 show, now we're going to argue about putting it together and uh, putting the rankings down. And I'm sure Matt has the coin ready to go. Although some people have argued that we shouldn't use the coin. They're like, you guys should just argue it out. And I'm like, you don't understand. It would just be a two hour, three hour and argument. By the some people, that's a very Trumpian statement in that you have no evidence to back it up. And you're like, I hear a lot of people are talking about this. And you're like, what are you, who? Cite me one example and then I'll believe it. Sure. Because what I do is just lie. That's just standard me. No, I'm not saying it's standard you. It I'm sounds like you this, are. In this instance, it seems very, you have no proof. You have no examples. You're just saying a lot of people are what saying mean, I have no proof. You have no proof. Show me proof. I, I don't, I could bring it up proof. I know there's a tweet. Hold on. Let me find a comment. You want me to find a comment? I can find a comment. Go ahead. Go ahead. Huh? All right, you want to tell? I'll get you All a right, fucking pal. Tell. Hold on a second, pal. I'll get you a fucking toe. What do you, what do you, what do you want to toe want a by? toe You want a green toe? You want a fucking toe? You want a toe? <laughs> uh, I would assume South Park is one. Yeah, I think so, too. And then, wow, I think our next highest might be Kingpin at two what? Where'd you have it? Uh, what did I have it? Hold on. Kingpin was at two. was at uh, four for me. Okay, so I would say Kingpin next. Yeah. Here it is. Ovidius1979, one day ago on our most recent episode. First comment. I would really like it if you guys didn't go to the coin before trying to fight it out. Your, quote, fights are really entertaining, and that got five likes. Oh, so, okay. Any more evidence? No, I, I'm i sorry. I thought you were inferring that the coin, coin was weighted. You were going to go down that route. So you were oh, no, no, no. I think people I, would, I, I never I even mentioned that. weighted. Uh, yeah, sometimes the fight, but it's just like, dude, this show would take. I, the show would take forever. So yeah, long sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Then we both have, I moved both finger onto my list at six. That's your what? Uh, both finger is my number five. All right. So I would say both finger next. Okay. All right, your next highest at that point. Number two, city slickers. City slickers it is. Okay. It's highest. Uh, so we have nutty, nutty. Oh, sorry. No. Nutty Professor is my number one, so that would go above City Slickers. I apologize, Matt. I thought we'd put that on there. So, yeah, I have Nutty Professor at one and City Slickers at two. Those are my one-twos. City Slickers next. All right. I have my number three and my number four. Okay. Go ahead, man. We already did my three and four. Okay. So it's American Pie and My Blue Heaven. Okay. Wow. Blue Heaven snuck on this list. I'll be damned. Of course. Yeah. Of course it did. Both have, there's something about Mary, but we both have it now at 10. I'm yeah. happy with keeping it at 10. Yeah, what are we at now, right now? What number are we at right now? We got 8, 9, and 10 left. We both have the mask, right? Yeah, I don't mind keeping uh, something on Mary at 10. Yeah, and the mask is on there for both of us. Right. The mask would go next. So okay. number nine, 
Uh, what's your next highest left? So Nutty Professor's on this City Slicker, South Park, Kingpin, Bowfinger, The Mask. So Clueless at number seven is my next one. What's your next All one? All right, baby. Minute work. Oh, You're no. That. That's Minute work, then there's something about Mary. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. All right. I got to start, you know, rigging the list like you do. Put my uh, personal favorites away at the top. Um, that's not Jerry rigging. That's just how you choose to make your list. Jerry Mandering. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's do this. The top ten summer comedies of the nineteen nineties. Yeah. At number ten, there's something about Mary. At number nine, Man at Work. At number eight, The Mask. At number seven. My blue heaven. At number six, American Pie. At number five, it's Lakers. At number four, the Nutty Professor. At number three, Bowfinger. At number two, Kingpin. And our number one 1990s summer comedy is. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. It's uncut, Satan. And I love that they got a dick joke into the title and that went past the centers. That's right, right past the centers. It's it's fantastic. Good for you guys that no one noticed. Uh, (laughs) That's Uh, when you're you're a brilliantly funny person. You know how to play the system or game the system. Um, All right. That's our uh, episode for today, Matt. What do we got to tell them? We hope you enjoy the Golden Ticket on Monday. It'll be coming out on Monday, so look, tune into that. And uh, we have Topic Thunder um, coming out on uh, Thursdays like we do every week. So we hope you guys enjoy all this uh, content. And uh, I'd like to uh, say from earlier, I may have written the lyrics, but I'm like Bernie Toppin to his Elton John. He brought it to life. Andy, Andy made that thing what it is. I am just, he, you know, I, I was just, I, I just helped type of thing. All right. That's enough yeah. of the humility. Take the well, it? I without, deserve kudos. Without all his artistic and musical ability, this yeah. thing would have been nothing and we would be using some free piece of music. So yeah, some ge- generic stuff. Praise should really be lofted in his direction. That's all I wanted to say. I felt bad about it earlier. I was like, he did all the, the hard work. He um, did a great job. He did a fantastic job. And to everybody that's helped us, thank you so much. Yes, and you thank can follow, you so much. Uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check me out there. I uh, got uh, new stuff coming out, so follow me at Matt Notes. You can uh, hear all about that, and that's it for me this week, man. There you go. Uh, you can uh, follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Maybe you're listening to us in podcast, podcast format and you want to watch our faces do the show. We know a lot of you re-listen to the shows multiple times or re-listen to the episodes. Maybe you want to watch us do the show as well. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Uh, on, I said it's YouTube podcast. I think it's YouTube.com slash the top 10 podcast. Go and find it. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. The number 10. Okay. With the number 10 there, go find it there. If you want to become a patron of the show, we're always looking for patrons of the show. Please go up there above my head, www.patreon.com slash the top 10. Go and see the multiple tiers. And if you enjoy the golden ticket, the next time we do it, uh, which is a, a few months away, 
you'll already be in the rotation for it if you become a patron now uh, to be considered for it and to be a part of it as well. Do that, too. Uh, and please, if you don't mind, go over to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca says. Go and see all the multiple shows. Just announced a new Star Wars show that I'm doing with the great Laura Kelly there, The Jedi Way. And then I got a new show coming out with Darina Arellano, a politics show as well. So get in, get involved there as well. All right, that's it. Uh, Matt Nost, uh, John Roca, we'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 show